Welcome to Married to Who, a podcast where a couple of couples watch Doctor Who for the very first time. My name is Jake. With me are those couples, Cody, Sam, Jill, and Alex. Terry's here too. This week we're going to talk about the underwater mar- met loop loop. This week we're going to talk about the underwater menace, written by Jeffrey Orm, directed by Julia Smith, aired November fourteenth to December fourth, nineteen sixty seven. What's the or do I ask you guys what you think and then have Cody do his plot synopsis or do I have Cody no, write his plot synopsis, synopsis first? I don't, okay. I don't think we have a set format. You just kind of whatever. 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 Unplot synopsis. Let's start with tweets. <laughs> Before we begin, it is time for everybody's favorite podcast segment: Cody's forty-second oh. plot synopsis. On your mark, get set, go. Uh um, and yeah. Uh, there's a slideshow. Uh, the doctor friends land in Atlantis, <laughs> and there's an evil scientist here. And there's also some dudes that worship Amos. And the problem is they want to get Atlantis up, but, but the problem is the super evil guy wants to blow up the whole place. It's going to shatter the entire Earth. Everybody's going to die, but he's kind of cool with it. Uh, the doctor stops up through the witty use of going through doors where you don't expect doors to be, and also I think straight drowning a dude. Um, they time. God, man, <laughs> nailed it as always. First it's... try, only try. There's like eight storylines. I in like this series. I, I like the going through doors where doors shouldn't be. <laughs> yep, accurate. If only there was a word for that. And what's the word for that? Uh, secret doors. Trap doors. Oh, they call them bungholes, don't they? Secret tunnel. That's something no. else? No, it literally, <laughs> literally, they said that in the episode. You're welcome. It, they called that door a bunghole. So, it's your dirty American minds that are fucking this up. That's, that's legitimate terminology. Before we <laughs> dive into the story proper... Uh, we have a little game we like to play where everyone guesses where this story fell. The Doctor Who Magazine's 50th anniversary polls uh, list of classic stories. There are 156 entries in that category. Cody, where did this one fall? Uh, 152. Wait, what year? What year was this poll and what year was this the slideshow audio uh, the poll is from 2013. I'll give you one hint. Episode 2 was missing until 2011. So this DVD that came out in 2012 was newly... I think it was 2012. Might have been 2013. This DVD that we all watched it on was new for everybody for that episode 2. So that was a big deal. There was a swimming scene. 148. Yep. yep. 148. <laughs> <laughs> uh, magical. Let's go to Alex. I'm gonna say 102. Jill. 
95. Terry? 93. Sam? 87. God, get out of my sight. Sam loses again. Yeah. We have one week of Sam winning. So it did move up 11 spots from the 35th anniversary poll, but that still puts it at 144. Yeah. Oh. (laughs) Cody is the winner. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I am. I won. I did. You all are wrong. I would agree with the poll. (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't. Like, I know a lot of the stories that are on this poll that you guys haven't seen. This is in no way as bad as some of these stories that are added. Oh, I'm sure like 20 stories probably fit 149. And yes, last week during the podcast, I meant, or two weeks ago, I mentioned that episode one and four were animated. They are not. They were recons, (laughs) which in this case were just... Uh, five or six still images that they had on file with the audio, which um, I don't know, didn't really bother me that much. There is one more of these we'll be watching. No, uh, in the second just a four episode <laughs> story where one story is like this. No, man, if he's thinking <laughs> of, it's hard to stay awake during just slow. No. Doctor it's like a whole plot. season away. I can stay awake. I cannot pay attention. Yeah, it's like a podcast at that point. I have Just no background. idea what but happened. But a bad one. Yeah. I kept trying to tell myself it was like an audio drama. I'm like, yeah, but it, there's nothing going on. Like, nothing's being narrated. Yes. Audio dramas are designed to, to, like, let you know what's happening yeah, in the dialogue. Is instead of having long stretches of just noises happening mm-hmm. while people are moving around a room. Yeah, it would have been nice if they wrote in the closed captioning, like, scene description. The subtitles oh. is just, like, heavy breathing. Yeah. Polly, Polly, heavy breathing. breathing. Jamie, So a thing they did with a lot of stories, I don't know if they did it with with all of them. Like, you can can get these on iTunes for like $2.99, the audios for these missing stories. And they'll be, they'll have the action like narrated. Like, Fraser Hines did a bunch of them, where it's like he'll just narrate the action in between what's going on, which is, or like, you know, describe the scene or whatever, which is obviously... Something they could have done on here that would have been pretty helpful. Kind of like um, the short story that they did with Amy and Rory, like P.S. Whatever. Yeah, just showing the script. And But then yeah, there was like a description totally with yeah, it, too. The, that was the, nice. Yeah, there's... Oh, yeah, they read the script. Got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that'd be something they could totally do on these recons. It's just every once in a while, just actually show the script. That wouldn't be bad at all. Anyway, um... I want to throw a little positivity out there because I think we're going to get some negativity. <laughs> I really like this one. This is the only second Doctor story that's available that I haven't seen before. And Terry and I sat and watched all four episodes in one go. Mm-hmm. And then we watched the documentary on the DVD. Like, I was fully engaged the whole time. I I had a really good time with this. I thought the the sets are good. I thought the actors are great. I thought the even, even the janky water people makeup was <laughs> still like... Looked pretty good, even on a a sixty inch TV, forty you know, on in four K and all that shit. It it was on the documentary DVD. Everyone just shit on it because they didn't like the script when they got it. But then everyone also rewatched it so that they could do this documentary. And they're like, you know what? We watched it. Not that bad. And that's kind of how I feel. If I was to guess where this was in the list, I would have guessed somewhere bang in the middle. That being said, let's get to you, negative Nancy's. Uh, Sam, what'd you think of this one? I can't, Jake. It's, 
it's too much. It's so boring. Thank, thank the Lord how, it was only four episodes. How much of that is the story being boring, and how much of that is just the fact that two episodes are recons? Two episodes were recons, and then there were too many, like, main characters that I didn't know, so then I could not follow along. Then I didn't care, because I couldn't follow along. Maybe I'm just dumb. Well, duh. We have 230 <laughs> episodes <laughs> to give proof to that. But uh, it, it's funny because you're totally right. Like, it is kind of hard to follow all the characters. But then there's an episode like last, the last one we did, Power of the Daleks, where I complained that there weren't enough characters. Like, you're representing the society and we see six people. And it's just, like, kind of hard to feel the scope of it. But then in a case like this where it's kind of the same thing. It's supposed to be a society but then we feel like there's too many people and there is a way to balance that. And we'll see good examples of it as we go. But uh, yeah, both, both things can be true. And it's just a matter of doing it either way and having uh, a good script. Joe, what do you think? I'm with Sam. I think like if maybe if the first episode would have been like the real episode, and then it went into the stills, like, maybe it would have captured my attention more. Yes. But I think just, like, hearing the background noises and not, I mean, just seeing pretty terrible pictures that don't really show anything. Yeah. And For then, anyone listening who may not know, when when we say there, there were stills, episode one and four were reconstructions. Those episodes are missing. They're just showing pictures and laying the sound over it. So, like, if the doctor's talking, they show a picture of the doctor. I, like, I thought there were good things. I thought the like um the companion's part in this was obviously more dynamic than the last story, which was nice. Um it was just it just feels super jumbled to me. Like like I can't I can't put the whole story together, which isn't surprising coming from me. But I think a lot of that is just not being able to visualize. Yeah. It's really interesting what you say about the companions, because I felt the same way, but this story and the next one were written just for Ben and Polly because Jamie was picked up during the story, the Highlanders that we didn't get to see because it doesn't exist. They basically went up to Fraser Hines who plays Jamie and were like, we like you. Do you want to join the team and sign a one-year contract? He was like, yeah. So this one and the next one for sure, they had to basically just kind of split up everybody's lines. So in those scenes where it's like Jamie and Ben leading the, workers through a a getaway that was really supposed to just be ben and then uh the lady who plays polly annika will she was bitching that the person who wrote the script this is his only doctor who story really didn't understand polly as a character because like in the story right before this she's like all tough and like taking control and doesn't take shit and then in this one she's just screaming the whole time so she really didn't like this one at all alex I am more leaning towards Jake's point of view. I thought it was pretty okay. Like, I put it on the lower end of the middle episodes. I didn't think it was bad. Um, but I think the reason I put it on the lower is because of the recons. It, it was hard for a lot of the same reasons. But I did enjoy the live-action episodes. And I thought all the characters were great. And, like, as I'm thinking about it, like all aspects of that civilization were kind of represented, which was kind of cool. Um, you know, you got the workers, you got like the spy lady that helped Polly. 
Um, you got like the religious zealot dude, and then like the king who's who's hired this outside like crazy scientist dude. Like there there was a lot of stuff going on, but it was very it was just interesting to me, and I I, I enjoyed watching it. It wasn't bad. Cody, Jake. There was stuff to uh, there was stuff to be excited about. What? Give, give me one as a teaser. The swimming, dude. I already teased it. Yeah. Did you see that shit? This you is know, they brought that up on the documentary man. a lot. Oh, did <laughs> yeah, they? that's that's how they shot the moon landing. That, in fact, that was smoother <laughs> than some movies that I've seen. <laughs> Holy shit! Oh, you can't be saying stuff like that. Somebody will believe you. <laughs> His name is Terry. No. Um, the Zoloft guy. Is yep. a phenomenal villain. He's Zaroff. Yeah, Zolov. He's a bit over the top, <laughs> I think, and yeah. his acting sometimes is excruciatingly painful. And I think the most disappointing part was just that I would have taken three uh, reconstructions, and then the last episode be real. That needed to be that needed to be live action. So much yeah, happened. They, they showed a shot on the documentary of um, Zaroff drowning because they did have like four or five seconds of that footage. Yeah. And so it would have been cool. Like they showed quite quite a few shots. It would have been cool if someone was able to take the money and the time Get a shift on. and take the little shots they do have and put those into the recons instead of just running it all as a recon. Um, you know, they'd have to pay someone to go do that and, you know, format onto a DVD, but it would have been nice. But you could use your own imagination. It could be whatever you want. So when he was drowning in my head, I just saw the water rise up to like the last inch of floor level you could see. And then his hand sticking through the grates that he could clearly fit through. Um, he's just got like <laughs> a that constantly the whole time. <laughs> he's, he's just got like a thumbs up that slowly sinks below the water. You're not miles away. Yeah, it was great. It was great. This series sucked. And it was great. Quit calling it a series. We had this conversation in the last podcast. <laughs> this number of episodes related to a similar story. You could story. say story. You could say episode. Story. I'll put it on a sticky That's note. All. This story was wild. There's a lot going on. There's too much going on, I think. Yeah, there's some things you said I want to touch on really quick. Um, there's touch a guy me, in the Jake. documentary who... Uh, was just kind of like a Doctor Who expert. He wasn't involved with it at all. But um, he's saying that this writer, this was like kind of his style. Like if you see the episodes he wrote for other shows, he kind of just throws a bunch of ideas at it. And he was saying like this episode's like an espionage thriller, a noir, a... And he named a bunch of other shit that I don't really think he was right about. <laughs> but uh, he's just... Like, there are just a lot of things happening, and it's kind of like just seeing, hoping something sticks. Uh, another really interesting thing you brought up when you were talking about um, Zaroff, uh, or everyone on the documentary, really liked that actor and thought he did a great job. They they mentioned how important it was for him to be Austrian, because if he was just, like, British, it wouldn't, like, going over the top like that doesn't quite work. Like, it borders on pantomime, but because he's Austrian it kind of has like a, a believability to it, which is kind of like a low-key dig at all Germans and Austrians and everything, but that's fine. And then uh, the, an interesting thing he brought up is be, like the doctor starts this story, uh, Patrick Troughton, 
starts it kind of really big as a performance. And then when he interacts with Zaroff, that guy is so big that Patrick Troughton realizes the only thing he can do to not be completely blown off the screen is to do it small, to rein everything in. And that kind of creates the character that he will now do for the rest of his tenure as the Doctor. It's like this one actor in interacting with him has kind of created the Doctor that we're going to see. And we'll talk about that more as we get more experience with Troughton's Doctor, but I thought that was a super interesting point that this guy brought up. Uh, Terry? I kind of enjoyed it. Uh, I was able to uh, see the stills and put the pieces together uh, with what the sound was doing, uh, except some of the photos were very random of like random shark. How did this work? <laughs> um, yeah. And then the live action was great. That costumes were real interesting. Um, it was a little hard uh, when they did split the companions up and they were all having their own little adventures or trying to. Uh, that it was it was just hard to follow a little bit. But really, if anything, I hated the uh, ruler of the Atlanteans. He was very stupid, <laughs> I felt. So that was mostly like the only down part that I just did not like about this episode. Uh, not to immediately shit on anything you said, but... Uh... <laughs> Here we go. Like, what, was, what was hard to follow when they <laughs> split up? The boys were sent to work and the girl was sent to a medical facility to be turned into a fish. Oh, yeah. And then she's sent to go fish. hide in a temple, which she does for two seconds. Then she's like, I'm bored. I'm going to walk around. She was really bad at hiding. She's just constantly like up and about. Oh, but when they were going to be sacrificed, though, that still was so creepy of just like everyone being tied up all like head to head. And then there's just like this weird hole in the middle. It's just like, I don't know. That would have been super fun to see in live action. But I thought they were being waterboarded. That's what I thought too. <laughs> like they're going to fill it with water and then wait until they die. Doesn't the doctor say like, don't breathe or something? No one will ever know. Nobody, nobody ever will. It's lost <laughs> in, a, in the basement of BBC forever. The annals of time. <laughs> it's annals. God. Sorry. Bunghole of time. Much better. See, we learn here at Mary to who LLC <laughs> registered trademark. Anyway, I took like a lot of notes this time. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah. Because About what? Oh, see, here's the thing. It's about <laughs> nothing, really. Hit us with the text. I uh, oh, it's too long. There's too many notes. <laughs> it is like but pages. I just knew if I didn't take notes, I uh, I wasn't gonna have anything to say. So, uh, note number one: Zoloft is cuckoo bananas, <laughs> and I think that holds. You're welcome. Yeah, but what what's the what's the reasoning? That the doctor gave the emperor. HPV? <laughs> no, you look into his eyes, he's got crazy eyes. Oh, I have that note. <laughs> Wait, I let that me was hilarious. <laughs> and and then the crazy to the TV screen. It's just like uh. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, he says his eyes light up like this. 
And then he just stares at him for an uncomfortable amount of time. I assume. I think this one was a picture. Nope, it wasn't. Nope, just stares at him for an uncomfortable amount of time. Also, when the episodes start and they're trying to figure out where they're at, Polly says, I guess we're in Cornwall. And that was her joke of just saying, like, we're just, I guess we're just in this place that we're always at. Which she totally fucking ripped off for me, Cody, at Married to Who podcast. Because that was my <laughs> cave joke that's been two years running. Because every episode is in a cave. There was a cave. Yeah, yeah, for two sure. years. Right? I don't think you realize how long we've been doing this podcast. <laughs> oh my, is it longer? Well, it was in Cornwall. That was my point. It was pre-COVID. We were doing this in your basement back then. It was pre-children. Pre-children. I was yeah. going to say, you didn't have kids at that point. Holy shit. The good old days. <laughs> I think I only had three dogs when we started. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Uh, they used the term caissons, uh disease. Instead of the Benz. Did the Benz not exist yet? Who named this? Well, they are British, so maybe they they're just are, fancier. Right? So like aluminium and aluminum, it's caissons and the Benz. Yeah. I did not verify that these two are the same thing. But he's just talking about nitrogen and the pressurized chamber and how they needed to slowly... Um... Oh, yeah, you are right. The... In that sequence, the doctor said, don't breathe. Or, like, yeah. hold your breath or something. Because they needed to, like, go with the slow depressurization. For a bunch of folks that want to get out of the water in Atlantis, they uh, they sure like fish. Because they all got fish masks and shells. Uh, it's not like they can run down to the Home Depot and get some paper mache. <laughs> right, no, it's not. Home Depot... Come on, there. This is a Dollar General location for sure. Prime, even. I mean, why you use what they? you got? Because there's a whole elevator going to the surface. Why don't they all just hop on and uh, get out of there? Yeah, shoot on up. That's dope. Did anybody think Zaroff was not the bad guy of this entire series the second they saw him? Sorry, story. The second they saw. Him? I was curious how the doctor knew him. And that was from a previous story we didn't see, right? He knew about him. Oh, I thought they had interactions. Oh, yeah. No. He's just like a famous scientist, right? Yeah, because he said the whole, like, I've got a secret to tell him or whatever. And I thought they had, like, history. And in his note, signed it Dr. W and signed it DR period instead of writing out doctor. <laughs> so the next time a fan tells you you can't spell doctor who, DR dot who, you tell him to fuck off. <laughs> yeah, Jay, <laughs> fuck off. Um, so the TARDIS doesn't have the translator yet, huh? I don't know, they're all speaking English. No, they're not. They weren't like immediately. <laughs> they were speaking like fish or whatever. Take take some time. Oh, they just learned English out of the blue. That's right, because <laughs> this was a good story that was well written. We're still about 13 years away. Oh, wait, what is this, 67? Uh, about 10 years away from the first time they explain that it's the TARDIS that translates. Oh, wow. That just seems like an easy thing to come up with, of why you can talk to all these aliens. <laughs> they didn't, it took them 10 years to solve that ne problem. Never occurred to them. Everyone speaks English. Yeah, obviously. Oh, fair enough. Question. So, uh, even I, Austrian scientists. I have a follow-up after Terry. Um, how long do we think Zaroff 
and group have been with the Atlanteans? Because is it that they, like, all of the, like, pirates and shipwrecks and people like that, that they are turning into the fish people for them to get food? Because otherwise, how else were the Atlanteans surviving before Zaroff and gang showed up? Well, their city wasn't always sunk. I'm guessing they always had the surgery to change people into fish people, because that doesn't seem like Zaroff came up with that. Zaroff doesn't have any people. He's there by himself. He's oh. just got some, like, loyal... Um... Yeah, everyone with the thick eyebrows, they're Atlantean. Atlantean. That's yeah. their thing. Oh, man, it is, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, those are real thick. In fact, I think the thicker, the higher promoted you are. <laughs> More virile. Faust had some beefy boys up there. Uh, but no, he's been gone. He kind of intimated that he had faked his death to purposely join these people. Um, so it's, it seems like it's been a while, but not so long that like leaders have changed. Like it's always been under the this regime. Okay. Yeah, the doctor just recognized that because of the food that they were given. That there's like one man who could have turned this into edible food because of his research and he knew who that was. So like the research of sashimi. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of food rots in five hours? <laughs> Sushi? Uh plankton. They're eating plankton. That doesn't rot, it just anyway. tastes bad. <laughs> also, oh plankton. Here this was gonna be my scientific inquiry. Are you ready? No. Cool. Go on. All right. So what age do you think you were when you learned that Plankton existed? When did SpongeBob come out? I was like young because I watched SpongeBob. Months old. Everybody knew about Plankton. I don't know why. Maybe it's an American thing. But everybody knows just whales and baleen and Plankton. That was just part of everything. I don't know. Jonah and the Whale or whatever. You know what Ben taught us in episode one? (laughs) I don't even know what the fuck Plankton is. I don't trust his character anymore. Was it Ben? Because Ben's in the Navy. Yeah, he's, <laughs> like, a, he's, he's a sailor. Oh, oh, that's even worse, buddy. It was absolutely Ben. I, have like, I get if it was Jamie, because he's from the past. Mm. Even though he lives, or he's from Scotland, which is on, which is an island, <laughs> you'd think they would have Plankton on their ships. Um... But I don't remember who it was. It was Ben. How much from the past is he? He did start in the story changing his accent because he was doing a really thick Scottish accent in the last one. He's trying to kind of he's he's not Scottish at all. So he's trying to kind of bring Ooh. it down. <laughs> oh, it could have fooled me. It did fool me. I also thought that Zaroff was Italian, not Austrian. So that's. Oh, Jamie really? is from 1746. You thought he was Italian? I did yes i mean that Fair hair enough. screamed austrian <laughs> yeah but i didn't want to like buy into the whole german trope but it was there right there on the tree branch one counting counting what's up the from word the they use for that area that germany austria Liechtenstein? uh deutsch no no germany the Rhine? like the what's the language no that's a river there's a 
Like, are you a thinking language? of Gaelic? No, that's Irish. That's, yeah. Well, he figures that out. A word from our sponsor. Yeah. Have you tried Raid Shadow Legends today? My favorite you made hero. the same joke like two years ago. Come <laughs> up with a new one. It's still funny. Okay, what, what do we got? Uh, NordVPN is my favorite VPN service. <laughs> um, I can connect to it and I can watch uh, shows from BBC. Bavaria. That's the, the word I'm Bavaria. looking for. Bavaria. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. Right. They made the almonds. Oh, <laughs> man. I bet they didn't. <laughs> Those are way too sugary to be from yeah, anywhere other than know. here. Well, <laughs> what a Bavarian would do. They make pastries and sugar treats other places. Yeah, but I bet they don't do it to like generally healthy food, you know? Yeah. Their main food is so- is <laughs> fried sausage. <laughs> like, Wiener schnitzel is just like... It's just sausage that's pressed really thin and then breaded and fried. Ooh, that's flesh kukla. But and you know what? Whether you have it at a fast food place or at a very fancy restaurant, it tastes exactly the same everywhere, and it's not good anywhere. I, I, <laughs> I don't know why people are like. Where it's just like, oh, we got to try schnitzel, and then you get it, and it's like, oh, that sucked. And then you go to a fancy restaurant, it's like, well, we got to try a schnitzel here. <laughs> oh, it still sucks. Okay. Oh, today oh, it was forty five dollars. Thank you. Shit that Jake has learned through his European travels. Yeah. <laughs> God damn it. I bet. I bet you get your ass kicked in Germany. I've been there and didn't. Damn it. Germany, <laughs> you have one job. I was beloved. Did uh, you tell them that their schnitzel was schitzel? All right. Oh, have a good night, everybody. <laughs> We're done. Podcast over. Put schnitzel on the whiteboard, Terry. I gotta get a whiteboard. Fucking hey, Terry. Can you produce something in this podcast? <laughs> Five years in the making. You, you'll produce it. Still no whiteboard. Give us some time. I got I got a giant whiteboard. It was super expensive. And I was using it to do like a... Uh, I was going to do a bracket tournament style podcast where we rank every episode of New Who. It would have taken like three podcasts to do it. And we could have knocked it all out in a couple of nights and then not had to do a podcast for a month. You guys didn't want to do it, but I also made the bracket in permanent marker <laughs> and <laughs> had to throw away like this $150 gigantic whiteboard. No, uh, if you write over permanent marker with expo marker, it comes off. That's true. Also an alcohol wipe. Yeah, but then you kind of ruin the board. Oh, do you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You can't wipe on it anymore. You can't draw on it anymore. Well, you can draw. I bought but, it like, for one purpose, and you guys broke my spirit by not. <laughs> it would have been a it. shitty podcast. And then we do a ranking episode, and Jill's all like, "Hey, why we've we been doing ranking episodes for the last five years?" And I was <laughs> ripping my hair out. <laughs> I've been fucking trying to. You pricks <laughs> refuse. I think. Oh, I can't remember a whole week's worth of words. <laughs> How am I supposed to? <laughs> this is exactly what we do to our pod and, runner. And don't you forget it, Jake. Yeah, that's you remember the, that lesson. You stay broken. Yeah, I just pray every day. One of our podcast friends calls me to be like, "Hey, you want to do our podcast?" And I just feel like, "Oh, talk to intelligent people about this. That'd be great." <laughs> oh. <laughs> Did anyone else really like the exploding steam example that the doctor did? Yeah, <laughs> no, because it exploded like with fire. <laughs> right. I loved it. It was good. The crust will crack and Atlantis will be lifted to the sky. Once. (laughs) 
and only once. <laughs> While he's doing the experiment, the uh, the king, whatever his position is, he's just like, oh, yeah, yeah, no, I understand. You don't have to do this. He's like, hold on. <laughs> I really want to blow up this pot. <laughs> just, just stand back. It's like the ultimate drink the Kool-Aid. <laughs> oh, yeah, we're going to raise Atlantis. Here, Here's your cup. <laughs> It's kind of weird, like, I do nothing but complain about stories that are exactly like this. Like, we show up to a place, there's, like, an inter-political struggle between, like, the scientists and the religious people. It happens constantly in Doctor Who. And for some reason in this one, I'm just like, I I just am cool with it. When there's so many stories we're going to watch where I'm not, and I don't know why. I think it's because of Zaroff. I think he's just so great that I'm just in. Yeah, he's a great villain. He's deluded by all the all other antagonists around him. Or antagonists slash protagonists. Looking at you, Ramos. Pick a fucking side. <laughs> and I love the miners. Like, uh, Ben and Jamie go down there. And they're just like, oh, hey. Uh, we're we're working on a plan to ex- escape, but we we can't talk to you about it. You might be spies. And they're like, escape? That's exactly what we want to do. And then they're immediately best friends with these guys. They have in jokes. They're finishing each other's sentences. They're like, oh well, we'll take the high road. And the the Ben and the other guy look at each other like, well, we got the low road. And they just start giggling. <laughs> and they're just having the <laughs> best time in this prison escape. <laughs> and it's just a really weird uh vibe of the show, but. uh these guys just have the, the world's easiest uh, prison escape that we've seen in Doctor Who so far. Trying to remember their escape. Oh, right. They, the two volunteered for some extra Yeah, they're just duty. like, oh, there's this shaft that we discovered. We can just follow it and try see if it, there's a way out. And they're like, okay. Yep. And like, if, if we can't find a way out, we're fucked. Because if we go back, they're going to know we ran away. And then the, the one coordinator guy... Was like, you're new, you don't go. You and you. And you're new, you don't go. And then he just went. And the coordinator's like, cool. Walks away. (laughs) But you think back to, like, the Romans, where Ian is sold into slavery, boards a ship, tries to escape, and is defeated. The ship crashes. He makes his way to Rome, is immediately captured again and sold into slavery, is forced to go into the fighting pits to fight his best friend. <laughs> and all of this is happening while everyone else is having a wonderful romp through the through the palace. <laughs> and these guys are just like, oh man, we've been captured for almost 45 seconds and these guys already have a plan to escape. And it's a plan that goes off without a hitch. And when we come out the other side, who's going to be there? Polly, the person we've been looking for the whole time. Absolutely amazing. And the TARDIS is just around the corner. Yeah, the very baby TARDIS. <laughs> well, and being there positions them in a place to save everybody by pretending to be the giant godhead's voice. That's just how it goes in the mines. <laughs> I was so glad the sirens did not go off every time we were in the mine scene. Oh, good God. That first time we were in there, it was so over the top and you couldn't hear like part of the dialogue and it's like this is i was hoping it would just like die out and be done but then it just kept going like oh shit they're still acting 
keep the siren going. It's like, no, cut it, cut it now. It seems like the sound designer really had a trip with this story. There's a thing, I only noticed it during episodes one and four when they're, they're recons, so all we can do is focus on the sound. But uh, there's when they're in the TARDIS, even to this day, there's always like a TARDIS noise. The TARDIS has like a hum going on in the background because it's a ship. It's a machine. It's there's stuff going on. That noise was going constantly when they were in the um, the lab in in the story, <clears throat> the Zarlos lab, Zaroff. Yeah, <laughs> Zaroff's lab. And uh, <laughs> it wasn't like I didn't notice it. It didn't bother me in episodes two and three. But in one and four, when all you have is a sound, I was like, this noise is the worst sound I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> it has to stop. Yeah, the drone. Yeah. Yeah. They just brought it back from uh, the Ant World episode. Ant World? What was the bug planet? Was it called oh, the, the planet of bugs? The web planet. Was, yeah, the web planet. It was like the bumblebees? Yeah. The planet had Mothra? a name. That's Godzilla. Arachnids. <laughs> this story brought me my new favorite segment. And it's a Doctor Who drinking game. And every time you see a proxy to pocket sand, you have to take a drink. Well, a shot, probably. Because it's not super common. But God damn it! if it didn't happen like six times in this story. Can anybody name one? And I'll define pocket sand. Pocket sand is when you like throw something stupid at somebody to make your escape. Uh, I kind of have one that probably isn't what you're thinking of. Hit me with it. So when they were going to get sacrificed and he got the message to the guy. So he comes and takes the doctor out. And he's like, tell me your secret. Well, help my friends. No. Well, you won't get my secret. Fine. <laughs> that was the whole thing. It's like it was like a intellectual pocket sand. That's uh, yeah, that's a verbal pocket sand. Okay, the dumbest one is the big head saying, "Everybody look down or you will die." Perfect. And then everyone, not everyone, the doctor and who else had to go going Ramos, into the secret Ramos, unknown Ramos. door in front of the entirety of everyone while whispering so loud their <laughs> eyes were closed they were praying they yeah. were not <laughs> i've seen people pray phenomenal pocket scene <laughs> i've seen people pray <laughs> that's such a like menacing thing <laughs> It's like a real, like, weird brag. <laughs> it's more of the, when everyone's in church and people are looking down, there's always one person just, you know. Yeah, his name's Jake. I was like, it's definitely me. I'm that just person. Just looking around. Before, before we get to your pocket side examples, the one uh, Alex said reminded me of, they're being taken away and they're trying to get to somewhere. It was... I, I don't know. I, I wasn't 100% following. But uh, the doctor says to somebody, it's like, you can't do that. You don't even know the password. And he goes, yeah, I do. It's, and then he tells the doctor this password. And like 14 seconds later, someone's like, what's the password? And the doctor just tells him. Oswald. Oscar. 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 It was great. And we're going to get a lot more of that with this doctor. It's kind of a glimpse into how he behaves. So that's, get your shot glasses ready. That's hilarious. And that's 
Okay, give give us the pocket sand examples. Oh, uh, test tube. You ready? Oh yeah. I could I could hear <laughs> I the doctor that. just going <laughs> as he was running away. The doctor pours a test tube out. I think this was after he was in prison. He made his escape, and then he met with Zoloft again. And in his lab, I don't know if this was before or after he did the. Oops, I pulled the fuse. How did I do that? And then he just like <laughs> pours a test tube out, creates a bunch of smoke, and just beeps out. Pocket sand. Definitely after. Is anyone else upset that Cody keeps saying Zoloft? Uh, no, we no. kind of. <laughs> <laughs> Stay mad. It's only so much you can do. You gotta pick your battles like with any child. <laughs> I, that's my entire goal. I already got Jake to say Zaroft, and that's good enough for me. My... I said Zarlof. Zarlof. I added an L. <laughs> okay, so the L is still in Zoloft. I literally have it written on a note in front of me. <laughs> Do non-Americans know what Zoloft is? Sure, probably. Oh, yeah, Zoloft's international. In uh, in Breaking Bad, they do the same thing, but it ends up killing the drug dealers. Oh. Oh, damn. Oh, yeah. Can't do that. Season one. Yeah, the drug dealers all died. Yeah. <laughs> they need to attack Zaroff. So the doctor puts some uh, some some powder in his flute. Toot toot. Oh, yeah. What was that? Nobody knows because it didn't work. He just like faked it and then nearly killed Ramos. Mm. It was weird. Bad pocket sand, though. Though, <laughs> I want to say the best one would probably be from Zaroff himself in faking a heart attack. Holy shit. It's like he was acting. Right. I'm, I'm watching Community right now, and uh, Pierce would do that shit all the time. Whenever anyone would start like ragging on him, he would just grab his chest and fall over like, you're faking a heart attack again. Stop it. And I immediately thought of that, and I just, <laughs> oh, it cracked me up. <laughs> I know down the road we're going to ask Terry what he thought about the costumes. So I'm going to start ripping them apart real quick. Hot. Because Terry will probably gush. But did anybody else think uh, that Taos guy looks straight out of Rome? No. Dude was wearing a leftover Caesar costume. <laughs> oh, are you talking the ruler? Yeah. I hated his outfit. It's, it's terrible. You know what? Who who else's outfit was terrible? The security guards. Yeah, they're like body suits, right? Yeah, they're like all the wet suits. Wet suits. Yeah, I don't even know. Yeah, they're wet. They're just big and puffy and terrible. Just really did not. Those uh, are bodyguards. Yeah, well, the security security guys. guys. Oh, security security. Zaroff okay. was like, pat these guys down, and they did like the most worthless <laughs> search of a human being I've ever seen in my life. Could have had an M16 on them and they wouldn't have found it. But yeah, they didn't check the front or the back. They were just like, well, nothing good to the arms. <laughs> that did remind me of their whole ruse to capture Zaroff, which was pretty cool because they had uh, Jamie and uh, fuck, uh, ben. ben like dressed up as a guard as the guards. So then like they kind of swapped them out and then ended up capturing him in the temple, which I thought was really, really fun. And Polly almost got stabbed by a trident. Oh, my God. 
No, she should have been stabbed by a trident. Like, if that trident had any sharpness whatsoever, she they legitimately had the was stabbed. Tiniest tridents. It was oh so funny. Oh my god. Adorable. <laughs> also, in that scene, Jake, Alien Bazaar, sort of. Sort of. Sort of. No. Kinda. No. Yeah. They're in like a. You know, a whole a gathering place no. with a bunch of the different races of Atlantis. I suppose it's not really like a race if somebody installs plastic gills on you. <laughs> I mean, why not? They probably grouped together, formed like a union. They did, actually, due to a garbage speech. Do you guys remember the last year, Benner? Did you watch it? The live action one? <laughs> Fuck no. Okay, I'm going to tell you a quick, just a quick, also, smart move. Good dodge. But there's a scene where... Well, I would watch a live action version of a kid's show made by a guy who hasn't made a good movie in 20 years. Yeah, it sounds great. Maybe there'll be a twist. Who knows? Second one's coming. Oh, God. Uh. It, maybe it'll be good. Who knows? The plot could be great. But their big speech to free the slaves of this area, they were all earthbenders basically just built up this giant moment where he says, you're surrounded by Earth. Just, like, bend it. And then everybody's like, oh, that's a that's a fucking good idea. And they did it. And they got out. And it's where that movie died for me. Do you guys yeah. know what, what, what uh, part of the show I'm about to reference here? It involves fish and slavery. I mean... Is it stop, not just stop giving them food? Just stop giving them food, guys. <laughs> and the fish are like, oh yeah, that's a pretty good idea. I still love that the first part of his speech to them, though, is just ragging on them. Mm. <laughs> it's just like, wow, you guys are stupid. <laughs> just like mm. everything bad. It's like, why are they still listening to him? <laughs> yeah, they he definitely didn't take the way he thought he was gonna take. I thought he was gonna be like motivational of like you guys can do it start a revolution no he's like you guys are idiots you fucking no. stupid <laughs> you look like old women <laughs> oh no that, that was on the that was on the dvd that was what the uh, the, the lady that plays Polly said oh no <laughs> and then five hours pass the next or the new airbender movie is gonna be animated Oh, totally. good. Okay. Fantastic. I thought they um, were doing, uh, Netflix I thought was doing a live action, but was going to follow the story of with, like, appropriate people. Maybe at one point. Legend of Korra is better anyway. Oh my god. Mm -hmm. I would have an opinion here if I've watched either of those. Oh! So, Jake was wrong. Mm-hmm. The, the doctor's hat ever. was in this one too. He said he was. Yeah, it wasn't I hadn't seen show this one, anymore. but I did see in um, my fun facts that this is the last one that oh, he has the hat. Boo. Uh, Terry, right? There is a Netflix uh, Last Airbender series. That's live action or animated? Um, yeah, live action. Oh, interesting. They already they have, have an animated one. <laughs> they, I mean, they have there wrapped was... production. This article saying they wrapped production was first written in 2021 and is now updated in February of 2023. They still don't know when it's coming out. Huh. So that's a good sign. Oh. <laughs> What'd y'all... Anyway, um... What the fuck were you guys just talking about? We were talking about... The last the... airbender. Yeah, the scene no, where he's talking the... to the fish <laughs> and saying stop getting food for people. 
and then they starved yeah. five hours later, literally emaciated and died. He reminded me of a scene that really bothered me. at the very end when they're the day has been saved. It's time to move on with society. And uh, I, I don't even remember who said it. They're like, we'll start. We'll start in a new place with no gods and no fish people. <laughs> what he's <laughs> tra- what they're trying to say is we need to get away from our religion because it is stunted us and we need to not have slavery <laughs> but they just say fish people which just sounds ridiculous <laughs> like just say we like hey slavery's bad we should our new society should not have that and you know religion in itself isn't inherently bad but like you know we need to get away from the zealots like and then you know name somebody well they still want slavery but just not as fish people obviously yeah We'll just go somewhere else, find the indigenous <laughs> people, and make them our slaves like every other white people did. We've actually been talking a long time. You want to do some tweets? Sure. Yep. So let's see. Not a beloved story. So not not a lot of people have seen it. Also, two episodes missing. Anyway, James Courtney and Mr. J. Courtney said, It can be enjoyed, but you certainly can't take it very seriously. You just described Doctor Who in a nutshell. <laughs> boom dum. Accurate. BT Flippity Gigget at uh, You're Cool 91. Is that what it is? Let me see. Pretty sure, yeah. Yeah. It says, some of Doctor Who is good in a good way. This is not one of those stories. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do love it, though. Stupid underwire, <laughs> stupid underwater wire dancing and everything. LOL. Honestly, the best part. And we right? love you, BT Flippity Gigget. Last in the last podcast, uh, you guys told me to give away copies of of Underwater Menace. BT, if you want one, let me know. I'll send it to you. Buzz, Buzz um, Aldrin watched that dancing, and he's like, "I'm gonna do that someday." <laughs> you mean uh, Stanley Kubrick, who directed the Moon Landing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, Janelle Hobbs of J. Christine H says. Sorry, I missed the power of the Daleks. I had a whole thing typed out and lost it. Oh, oh. No. oh. if you find it, still send it. I want to. I think it's. I think it's one of the better first stories for a Doctor. I love how they had Ben and Polly play off each other regarding whether this was still the Doctor. And Troughton is immediately brilliant. And as for the Highlanders, which is understandable to skip, it is a perfectly serviceable story to introduce Jamie. <laughs> not not really selling it there. <laughs> <laughs> She goes on, and then we have the Underwater Menace, which most fans will remember for the -the over-the-top performance for the villain Zaroff. Other than that, I remember it for the nearly comedy, the nearly comedy of errors level of constant captures, escapes, hostage situations, stabbings that occur through its runtime. It's not a bad story by any means, and it's at least enjoyable, but it's definitely not a highlight of the second Doctor's tenure. And then uh, I got another tweet from her a few hours later. Thinking on it more, it definitely would go on the lower end of my rankings for all stories, (laughs) as it would for most people, I assume. But being four episodes saves it from being so much worse. True. (laughs) Sublime. Imagine if this was six episodes. I responded to her letting her know that she is right. It was 144 in the 20th or the 50th anniversary and 155 in the 35th anniversary. (laughs) 
They are currently, or maybe they've finished taking submissions for the 60th anniversary. I'm super excited for that to come out. So we'll have like, because there's, I went through today, I was in a long meeting today. (laughs) So I went through in my spreadsheet with the 35th anniversary and the 50th anniversary and made another column putting in the changes, like whether it went up and down and by how much. And a lot of ones, like this one changed by 11. It was, you know, it was near the bottom bottom, but then a DVD came out. So maybe that gave it a little bit of boost in some people's eyes. But it's still, you know, in the bottom 10%. There are some where the change is like 100 out of 150. (laughs) Like, it's insane. Wow. And like both directions. (laughs) Oh, no. So like there's two second Doctor stories that they were found the year this poll was done. And one of them was Beloved, The Web of Fear. And one of them was thought to be just like another ho-hum episode, Enemy of the World. And those two were found, and everyone was like, oh shit, Enemy of the World's actually really good. Now that we like have it. And then everyone was like, oh, Web of Fear is actually kind of a bummer. Oh, no. <laughs> so, like, so I don't I don't know the timing for when this poll was done versus when those uh, new stories were released, because it was all in the same year. But they do both have very drastic changes in the opposite directions. And so it's it's really interesting, or I found it really interesting sitting in a meeting, and it literally took me 44 minutes. <laughs> it was a long time. So some stories are better to not be found. No, some of them were. Like, Enemy of the World, it's a really good one. I've seen it, and I love it. And it's people just having the audio were just like, oh, it's just another story. But then when they actually had the whole thing, they're like, oh, this is actually great. Anyway, um, I have some fun facts here. Um, I think I've gone through these already. Episode 1 concludes a 12-episode run of missing stories going back to the last episode of the first Doctor's run. And this is the longest such run that exists. 12 straight missing episodes. That's a lot. Oh, no. I mean... (laughs) Oh, shoot. (laughs) Oh, no. Darn it. Episode three, I kind of brought this up before, uh, but episode three was found in a during a BBC archive audit in 1977. Episode two was found in September of 2011. So I, they kind of got this and put it together pretty quickly because I think this came out in 2012, 2013. Um, it was found in the private collection of Terry Burnett, a former TV engineer, he bought it at like a school carnival <laughs> in Hampshire in the 80s. How did it uh, get he, there? I, I don't know. Like, <laughs> that's just, it just doesn't, some of these just don't make sense. You want to buy a Doctor <laughs> was, Who episode, bro? It's like a school festival. He just like, yeah. and But he had no idea that it was missing. He just bought like a film reel off of someone like selling stuff, basically kind of like a like a farmer's market kind of thing. And uh, he was just having a casual conversation with a friend who worked or who was the head of heritage at the Radio Times. And they he like, oh, hey, there's this thing or I bought this thing years ago because he bought it in the 80s. It's like I, I have this Doctor Who episode that I bought 30 years ago. And he's like, hey, that's missing. And so he gave it back. <laughs> he, he just had he had no idea. What that's, a bro. What, what a patriot. Right? That's that's how we have episode two of this story. That's like some uh, like Jake will go 
when he's trouncing around new other world countries uh, and he'll buy a book in that language and has no idea how to read the language, but he's later going to find out in 50 years that that book is a one of a kind first edition. Uh, <laughs> like they, they can't find the book anymore. It's worth like a kajillion dollars and he will never know because it just sits on a shelf. We have one of those Jake books. Yeah. I was in a bookstore in, I think I was in Munich. I might have been in Zurich. I can't remember. But uh, I just went to a bookstore and I was, and the guy comes up to me. He's like, oh, English language is over here. And he just immediately knew I was American. Um, and I'm like, no, no, no. I'm looking for German language. And he's like, oh, you speak German? He's like, nope. <laughs> he's giving me <laughs> the shittiest fucking look. <laughs> just a prick. And so I had like a cool looking book for the shelf that may- maybe like a like a tour guide book or, you know, like, oh, these are the best bridges of Germany. Like something cool looking, like a t- coffee table book. And uh, but this guy was really snooty. The one I got for you guys was in a tiny little uh, village called Dinkelspiel and uh, this little bookstore. And it was cute as a button. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Der Harry Sputer. We all know how <laughs> that Das Heinrich Sputer. <laughs> uh, I brought up last time during Power of the Daleks that the ratings really maintained this high. And because uh, there's a lot of fear over, you know, what changing the doctor was going to do to the ratings. And they're only commissioned for this season. Like, if it doesn't go well, they're done. Uh, but that first story went really well. Turns out that might have been largely because of the Daleks. Because this story, like, that was writing like a high 10s, low 11s of millions of viewers for all six episodes. This one went 8.3 million for the first one. 7.5, 7.17. So it's constantly <sighs> going down. It wasn't like a holiday or anything it started january 14th and went to february 4th so it's not like it was like super nice outside one week so nobody watched which happens constantly in the uk because their weather's shit and anytime it's nice like you could just see ratings drop so uh yeah the public wasn't giving this a big vote of confidence but something maybe i'll keep looking at as we go here not sure hey jill mm-hmm. who's your mvp I'm gonna go with the doctor. He's like he's a breath of fresh air compared to the last. I don't feel like uh he's gotten like the greatest stuff to work with yet. But especially like when yeah. we got to see his face, which we got to see a lot because that's what a lot of the stills were. Um, he's definitely just a lot more dynamic than the lot than the last and that oh. had to be difficult, you know, just coming in. With a lot yeah, of he's definitely going for something different, and someone who, or some people who agree with you about him being a fresh, a breath of fresh air, are the actors who had to work with William Hartnell, <laughs> um, Ben Craze and Annika Wills, or not Ben Craze, Michael Craze. Uh, any interview they get a chance to, they're like, "God, Hartnell is a prick," and we love Patrick Houghton so much; he's so nice. <laughs> So uh, it it did kind of seem in this story that those two in particular were really having a good time. Seemed to have a little extra kick in their step. That's a phrase, right? No. I don't know. Terry, is that a phrase? (laughs) I approve. (laughs) Sam, who's your MVP? 
The choreographer of the fish swimming. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I don't know if we can figure that out. The unsung hero. (laughs) (laughs) Terry, who you got? I'm going with Joseph first, uh, who played Zaroff. Uh, Me too. Is there anything you wish to say? Yes. I don't know. Uh, About why you're picking him. (laughs) (laughs) Not just in general. (laughs) Um, Yeah, he was, he had uh, excitement and energy with everything that he did. He went through a range of professionalism for his profession. And then just going into that crazy mode again of just like ultimate power of destroying the earth. Like this is what, like scientists crave like this is the epitome of our search for like scientific reasons or whatever i don't know i can't talk science but um or just remember a sentence a man said <laughs> true <laughs> <laughs> but no his his actions were great i think he was yeah with uh, the opposite of how the doctor was performing like the extremes of uh range that they had just made him pop out that much more. I think just the the one thing I didn't care for about him though was when he shot the, the ruler. He's just like, I will get you. Pew. It's like, kill the other two. It's just like, oh, you looked like you were supposed to be mean, but you came off as clownish at that point. But I liked him all the same. Yeah, it's a fine line to draw between over-the-top menacing and pantomime, and I think he did a good job. Uh, kind of carried it. I, you know, talked about it a little bit before, but, um, you know, him being Austrian helped a lot. But also, he was just... Uh, he he never... Even, even though the doctor explains him as being insane and having nothing behind the eyes, uh, he never went, like, over-the-top crazy. He was always just menacing, which is, I feel like, where you need to be with a performance like that. Wait, isn't that the title? Wow! Oh. All right, have a good night. <laughs> Cody, who's your MVP? Uh, clearly it's Ramos for his acting when Zoloff tried to murder him. <laughs> God damn it. But, and actually, uh, Zaroff, um, he did great. He Every now and then, it's just had a bad day. But overall, phenomenal villain. One for the ages in old Doctor Who. Alex, who's your MVP? I'm going with Dr. Zoloff. Joseph first. What did you just say? Now's when you say why. Wait, what'd you say? I didn't hear what you said. Joseph first is his name. Oh, okay. The actor's name. He's very good. He had the crazy eyes. Uh, yeah, he was great. I like the story. I'm excited for next week. Um, before we move on to what we're going to watch next time, <laughs> there's one thing I want to point out that Terry and I discovered on the DVD extras. The woman who plays Ara, who's the girl that saves Polly for no reason. She's just immediately on the good guys team. That actor is named Catherine Howe, and she's on the DVD 
And she says that her and Fraser Hines, who plays Jamie, dated. And she says it was before this story. He says it was after. And they both are like, oh, the other person's remembering it wrong. When this story came out, she was 16 years old. And Fraser Hines was 22. Woof. <laughs> yeah. I can see why Fraser Hines is really trying to put it out there that it was after this story <laughs> came out. <laughs> now, age of consent in the 60s in the UK probably was 16. Might have been okay. But it's not okay. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> Check yourself. <laughs> and, uh,. Something you're going to find, if you ever do, like, I do highly recommend watching the documentary for this DVD, or on this DVD, you guys all have it. It was really good. Um, what you will find in the ones that Fraser Hines is in is he is constantly hitting on every female actor that comes <laughs> comes into Doctor Who. Sometimes not realizing that they are the wife of his boss. Yikes. <laughs> uh, but for next time... We're watching the movie. Jamie's base. gonna Jamie, I guess. Jamie's gonna Jamie. So is Jamie like the new or like the first version of Captain Jack Harkness? No, he's like that in just real in, life. Like, real life, just hits <laughs> everything on the show. <laughs> For next time, we will be watching the Moon Base. It's a story Alex and I like very much. It's another story where Jamie wasn't part of the original script, so he will spend a lot of the time lying in a hospital bed. <laughs> it's only four episodes, some of which are animated. I believe one and three? Definitely one. Two of the episodes are animated, two of them are not. But uh, that's what we got going on for next week. Anyone have anything else? Alex, do the song. Oh, okay. <laughs> what the fuck Terrence yeah, you didn't even say anything I was about to and then he was like do the song just like, like it's 10 fine. seconds of silence play the song and then a sad sound I just imagine Terry like straightening his tie and like fixing his <laughs> collar and just like getting ready to talk <laughs> takes a sip of water gargles a little <laughs> Alex do the fucking song and this has been Married to Who, our episode on the Underwater Menace. Uh, if you'd like to participate with us in our Twitter stuff, you can do so at Married to Who Pod. Uh, if you want to listen to any more than the 100 most recent episodes, you can do so on our website, MarriedToWho.com. I'm at myself, Jake, Cody, Sam, Jill, Alex, and our producer, Terry. Thank you so much for listening. Please join us next time for The Moon Base. Bear <laughs> <laughs>